All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who sent his messenger with guidance and the religion of truth that it may reign supreme over all religions and sufficient is Allah as a witness. I testify that there is none worthy of worship save Allah alone with no partner. Fully acknowledging this and affirming this as Tawheed, I testify that Muhammad is his servant and messenger. May ever increasing peace and blessings be upon him and his family and his companions. Brother Shaykh Rahimahullah, he started with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, and this is called the Basmala. And this is the practice of all authors. Anyone who wrote a book from yani, the scholars of Islam, they would start with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And this is Iqtida'an bi Kitabillah. This is following the example of the Quran. For every surah in the Quran starts with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, except Surah Bara'i, yani Surah Al Tawbah. And there was a difference of opinion why it doesn't have Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. That's not yani, the topic of our class today. It also confirms with the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. For when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he used to write letters to the kings telling them to accept Islam first. For before he fought jihad, he would send a message to the king. One of these examples is that he sent a letter to Heraqil, Azim al-Rum, yani the king or the, or the leader of al-Rum or the Byzantine Empire. For in his letter he said, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Min Muhammadin Abdillahi wa Rasulihi ila Heraqil Azim al-Rum. Yes, and then the letter is very long. It's in Sahih Bukhari, the hadith. You can read the entire letter that he wrote to Hiraqal. In the name of Allah, the All-Merciful, the Most Merciful. This letter is from Muhammad, the slave and messenger of Allah, to Hiraqal, the ruler of Byzantine. So when you say, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, this ba at the beginning, it has many meanings in the Arabic language. But what we're interested in today is just one meaning. That this ba is lil isti'ana, that means you are seeking assistance. You are seeking assistance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani essentially you are saying, I seek assistance in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bismillah. I seek assistance in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this bismillah, it has an unspoken part. And this unspoken part is a verb. And it is known from the context of what you are doing. You don't need to mention it. For mathalan, the shaykh here, he is writing. He doesn't need to write Bismillahi Aktub because it is known that he is writing. When you eat, what do you say? You say Bismillahi Akul or you just say Bismillah? You just say Bismillah because it is known what you are doing. You do not need to mention the verb or what you are doing after it. And if you look, we're not going to enter into the Nahu, but the original ruling of this verb is that it should be in the beginning of the sentence. The sentences in the Arabic language are Fi'liya and Ismiya. Yani one of them starts with a fi'il and one of them starts with an ism. Essentially what we're saying is the correct form of the sentence is that you start with the verb. So you should say, Aktubu Bismillah. That's the correct way of saying it. You say, Aktubu Bismillah. I write in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But yani in the Arabic language you can delay the verb. 
especially in the basmala, you can delay the verb and you can put it at the back for two reasons. The first one is to seek barakah by beginning with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you say, Bismillahi Aktub. You started first with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before the verb. So you're seeking the barakah in, in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also to express that the only reason you are doing this, this verb, whatever it may be, is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, no, I'm only writing for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm eating for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm doing whatever I'm doing for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ism Allah is alam. It is alamun ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alam means that no one else can be called with this name. And it is the name of our Creator who created everything and fashioned everything subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to whom belong maqalidus samawati wal ard. Everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He controls everything subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yani, many scholars are of the opinion that this is ismullah al a'zam. Some scholars are of this opinion that if he is called by this name, he will respond. He will respond subhanahu wa ta'ala as in the authentic narration of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if he is asked by this name, if you ask anything using this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you. For his name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is derived from the word ilah. For al-ilah in the Arabic language means a deity, an object of worship. For when you say la ilaha illallah, la ilaha, there is no ilah worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no partners. And there are many aliha in this world, but all of them are batil. Some people they worship the trees, and some people they worship the stones, and some people worship other people, and some people worship the cows. All of these are aliha, but they are not the true aliha, there is only one ilah worthy of being worshipped, and that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All other aliha are batila. All of them are false and void. And if you were to worship them, you would be associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his name Allah, it has special attributes to it, which the names or the other names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't have. For all of the other names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they return to his name Allah. You say Allah huwa ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. You say Allah huwa samad You say Allah huwa al-Aziz. But you do not say it the other way around. You do not say ar-Rahman is Allah. You do not say al-Aziz is Allah. For this is a miza. This is a special attribute that it has. That all the other names of Allah, they return to his name, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second of these special attributes is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is called by this name, when you call Allah, when you say Ya Allah, the alif and the lam at the beginning of Allah, they remain when you call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For you say, Ya Allah. But when you call him by his other names, do you say, Ya Ar-Rahman, or do you say, Ya Rahman? You say, Ya Rahman, you say, Ya Rahim, you say, Ya Razzaq. The alif and the lam are dropped. But when you call Allah, the alif and the lam, they remain. And then another one of these special attributes is that it is the most mentioned name in the Qur'an. And it occurs more than 2,200 times. And there are 33 ayat which begin with this name. One of them being Ayatul Kursi. Allahu la ilaha illa huwal hayyul qayyum. It begins with the name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the fourth attribute of this great name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is, is that it is the only name which accompanies the authentic azkar. For when you say, Mathalan, Subhanallah, you say Alhamdu. Lillah, you say Allahu Akbar, you say La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, you say Hasbiya, Hasbiya Allah wa ni'mal wakil, you say Astaghfiru 
Allah, astaghfirullah, for all the authentic adhkar. They all use the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ar-Rahmanir Rahim. These are two names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Ar-Rahman means the one who possesses extensive mercy. And yani just for the faida, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sifat which are thatiya and sifat which are fi'liya. He has attributes which are to do with his essence. Ar-Rahman, it goes to show that Allah has as his attributes of his essence is that he is, he is Ar-Rahman. And Ar-Rahim, it shows that this extensive mercy that he has, it extends to his creation. And this is al-sifa fi'liya. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 99 mercies. Uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 100 mercies. And he only sent down one mercy to this world. And he left 99 mercies till yawm al-qiyamah. And as the Prophet sallallahu said, just this one mercy, the female of the horse, she lifts her hooves so that she does not trample on her child. This is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah gives mercy to the animals in this world. And Allah gives mercy to يعني, the kafir and to the believer and to the fasiq and to the fajr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala envelops them all in his mercy in this dunya. But his exclusive mercy, it only belongs to the believers yawm al-qiyamah. For this is why some of the scholars, they said that ar-Rahman refers to his general mercy, which encompasses everyone, يعني, all the creation. But ar-Rahim is his mercy, which is reserved for his for his believing servants. وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا And he is to the believers Rahim. He used his name Rahim when he was referring to the mercy that he has for the believers. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا All praise belongs to Allah who sent his messenger with the guidance and the religion of truth that it may reign supreme over all religions and sufficient is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a witness. Brother Shaykh rahimahullah, after the basmalah, he said Alhamdulillah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praised for his perfection, for his kamal. Many times when we say Alhamdulillah, what do we think of? We think of Alhamdulillah that we have received something good. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is first and foremost praised for what? For his perfection. This is why he is deserving of all praise. And because he is perfect in granting favors and blessings. This is why he is also praised. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praised for two reasons. The first one is because of his perfection. And the second one is because of the perfection of his, of his blessings and his in'am, of his favors. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah alladhi arsala rasulahu who sent his messenger for the greatest blessing which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent and which he deserves praise for is that he sent the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he came to the people and showed them the truth and had the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then everyone would have been in misguidance and this is why he is deserving of praise subhanahu wa ta'ala Alhamdulillah alladhi أرسل رسوله بالهدى الهدى is guidance يعني it translates as guidance بس يعني if you go a little bit deeper الهدى is beneficial knowledge and it is everything which the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم came with from the unrefutable news from the news that you cannot reject the news of the akhirah the news of the umam which were before us which we did not know you cannot reject this news the news of what is going to come before the hour the news of the signs of the hour all of this is news that the Prophet ﷺ came with, which we cannot reject. This is part of Al-Huda, the beneficial knowledge, that you learn this knowledge and you know about it. And also the, the prohibitions and the orders which he came with. The Prophet ﷺ said, do this and don't do this. Awamir and nawahi do this and don't do this. This is part of Al-Huda as well. 
فالله سبحانه وتعالى سنت رسول وذا الهدى الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق and he also sent him with الدين الحق and الدين يعني we all may think of it as even the translation it says that it is the religion that it is the religion and يعني generally speaking it falls under this general meaning بس يعني if you were to look at دين the word دين in the Arabic language it has two meanings and I think we've taken this before for the first meaning is that it refers to righteous actions the heart has actions the limbs have actions the tongue has actions for the actions of the heart are the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-khawf al-raja fear and hope and as-salat wal-zakat wal-siyam all of these are what these are physical actions that we do physical acts of worship for a deen it covers all of these actions and essentially this is what the deen of islam is it's all these actions the actions of the heart and the actions of the limbs and the actions of the tongue the dalil for a deen meaning righteous actions that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says in surah ali imran inna deen inda allah al-islam and then the second meaning is that it means recompense and jaza وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينَ As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Infitar What will make you know what يوم الدين is Or even in Surah Al-Fatiha مَالِكِ يَوْمِ الدِّينَ يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who controls يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ What happens يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ He controls the recompense Who is the one who gets rewarded for their good And who is the one that gets punished for their evil فَالدِّين can mean يعني the righteous actions And it can mean the recompense الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق The deen of Islam is al-haq is the truth it is the true deen and everything else besides Islam is al-baatil إن الدين عند الله الإسلام The deen with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Islam If you were to follow another religion and say this one is the one that makes me reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you are upon baatil you are not upon haq you can only reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the deen of Islam الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ليظهره على الدين كله that it may reign supreme over all religions يعني so that it triumphs over its rivals that Islam becomes the most powerful religion and it is the strongest religion فيعني it will reign supreme over the Arab and the Ajam يعني the Arabs and the non-Arabs and the ones who follow a particular religion the Yahud and the Nasara and even the ones who don't have a deen the pagans and the atheists it will reign supreme over them and this is what happened for it was realized when the Muslims يعني in the times of the Sahaba they strove in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they called the nations to Islam and the ones who did not comply they fought them in jihad and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's religion reigned supreme over the east and the west in a matter of 60 years وكفى بالله شهيدا الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا كفى بالله شهيدا this is an ayah in the Quran فذا الشيخ رحمه الله uses and sufficient is Allah سبحانه وتعالى as a witness يعني Allah is a witness that he sent the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and that he supported the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم this is the witness of Allah سبحانه وتعالى because if the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم had been a liar or a fake prophet would Allah سبحانه تعالى have supported him Allah سبحانه وتعالى would not have supported him ولو تقول علينا بعض الأقاويل لا أخذنا منه باليمين ثم لقطعنا منه الوتين as we took in Surah Al-Haqq if the Prophet ﷺ had invented lies against Allah سبحانه وتعالى Allah سبحانه وتعالى would have seized him by the right hand and he would cut off his heart his aorta and he would have died as a result of that he would have destroyed him but the fact that he didn't shows that the Prophet ﷺ is upon the haqq and that is why Allah سبحانه وتعالى is sufficient as a witness because he let the Prophet ﷺ يعني spread the message upon the earth and he supported him in doing this وكفى بالله شهيدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إقرارا به وتوحيدا 
I testify that there is none worthy of worship save Allah alone with no partners fully acknowledging this and affirming this as Tawheed but then he said wa ashhadu wa ashhadu ash-shahada yani it translates as I testify but ash-shahada if you give it a bit more meaning it means that you affirm with your heart and then you articulate what is in your heart upon your tongue this is ash-shahada for you believe that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah you believe first of all in your heart and then you articulate it on your tongue and then this manifests in your actions for this is what a testimony is a pronouncement and informing of what is in your heart wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah this is the first shahada we said before la ilaha illallah la ma'buda bihaqqin illallah there is no ilah there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you may see some translations they translate la ilaha illallah as there is no god except Allah and this translation is completely wrong but the important thing to understand is ilah the word ilah there is no ilah there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is what you testify to وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ Alone with no partners. If we look at the shahada, there's two components to the shahada. لا إله إلا الله لا إله is a nafi. It is what? A negation. That there is no deity worthy of worship. And إلا الله is what? إثبات. There are two parts to the shahada. Nafi and إثبات. There is rejection that there is a deity besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you are affirming that the only deity worthy of worship is is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For when he says, وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ This is emphasizing the two parts of the shahada. For when he says, وَحْدَهُ This is emphasizing the ithbat. Yes, إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ And لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ This is emphasizing the nafi. لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ There is no deity besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For this is a emphasis. This is an emphasis to the shahada. وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ إِقْرَارًا بِهِ وَتَوْحِيدًا fully acknowledging this and affirming this as Tawheed. And again, these two statements, they emphasize the Shahada as well. For the acknowledgement of this Shahada is articulated on the tongue. When you say Iqraran, that means I'm articulating it and I'm pronouncing it while believing it in my heart. وَتَوْحِيدًا وَتَوْحِيدًا When you believe in your heart that لا إله إلا الله and when you articulate it on your tongue لا إله إلا الله then all your actions must be in accordance with لا إله إلا الله your salah must be in accordance with لا إله إلا الله your zakah must be in accordance with لا إله إلا الله your recitation of the Quran must be in accordance to لا إله إلا الله you're only doing it for the sake of Allah سبحانه وتعالى and this is the essence of Tawheed this is Tawheed when all your actions are done just for the sake of Allah سبحانه وتعالى وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله I testify that Muhammad is his servant and his messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم similarly you give a shahada you testify you believe in your heart and then you articulate it on your tongue that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent his servant and messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad ibn Abdullah he has sent him as a messenger to the entire of mankind and the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this shahada after his shahada is because the two they cannot go without each other you cannot just say la ilaha illallah and not say Muhammad Rasulullah. Your la ilaha illallah is not valid without Muhammad Rasulullah. Because when you say la ilaha illallah, you must worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to the way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And similarly, if you just say, I'm going to follow the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all my ibadah, I'm going to give them to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is this acceptable? This is also not acceptable. This is shirk. For these two shahadas, they go together. You cannot separate between them.
وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله محمد is the عبد of Allah سبحانه وتعالى he is the slave and he is the servant of Allah سبحانه وتعالى and his رسول and his رسول and his messenger and this is a refutation to those who adopted the two ends of the extreme the two ends of the extreme they call them in Arabic الإفراط والتفريط الإفراط is the upper end of the extremism where they went beyond the status that Allah gave the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they may have even worshipped him besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for when you say abd العبد لا يعبد the slave is not worshipped he is a slave of Allah you do not worship him والرسول لا يكذب this is the other end of the extreme those who disbelieved in him and rejected him as a messenger this is the other end of the extreme for when you say رسول الرسول لا يكذب the messenger is not belied and rejected for when you say عبده ورسوله you are refuting the two ends of the extreme we believe that the Prophet وسلم, is the abd of Allah and he has the status which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him and we believe that he is the Rasul of Allah and we follow him in everything that he has told us to do وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما مزيدا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما مزيدا May ever increasing peace and blessings be upon him his family and his companions صلى الله عليه وسلم فمن يسي صلى الله عليه what does this mean? For the most correct opinion, يعني the علماء, they had يعني a lot of kalam around this, but the most correct opinion is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends his salah upon his messenger, as Al-Bukhari, he mentioned in his sahih on the authority of Abu Al-Aliya that he said, Allah's salah upon his messenger is his praising him in the highest ranking assembly. When you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send his salah upon the messenger, you are asking Allah to mention him in Al-Mala'il A'la. Al-Mala'il A'la, the high assembly of the angels and those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws close to him. And as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man salla alayya salatan wahida, sallallahu alayhi biya ashra. This is the great virtue of sending salah upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you send one salah, Upon the Prophet وسلم, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send ten salah upon you. He will mention you ten times in Al-Mala'il A'la. Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi. And then the translation it says Al-Al. Yani also send your salah upon his Al. And yani the translation it says family. صح? But yani the correct opinion of who his Al is. Is everyone who followed him ila yawm al-qiyamah. All his followers until Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And this includes the believers who believe from amongst his family. And the evidence for this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says about Fir'aun, وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَدْخِلُوا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابِ And then on the Day of Judgment, enter آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ يعني the followers of Fir'aun into the torment of the hellfire. For he used the term آل to refer to the followers, not the family of Fir'aun, because from his family were believers. يعني his wife was a believer. فالآل is the followers. The followers of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the Al of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And included in his Al are his companions, his Sahaba radiallahu anhum. They are from his Al and they were mentioned specifically to show their virtue and their status. Because as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, they are the best of generations. And if we were to define a Sahabi, we would say, who is a Sahabi? They are the ones who met the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they believed in him and they died upon that. فَمَثَلًا أَبُوْ لَهَبْ He saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, didn't he? And Umayyah ibn Khalaf, they saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But they did not believe in him. 
for they cannot be counted as Sahaba. And some of the Sahaba, they ertaddu, they did not die upon Islam. For we do not say that they were Sahaba, even though they may have seen the Prophet and believed in him, and then they apostated from Islam. We do not say that these are Sahaba, they are not counted as one of the Sahaba. For his al are his followers, and his Sahaba are his companions. They are a specific type of al, and they were mentioned because of their high status. For you are also asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to praise them in the highest assembly. For when you make salah upon his al, you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to praise all of the followers of Muhammad. صلى الله عليه وسلم since the time of the Sahaba إلى يوم القيامة وسلم تسليما مزيدا and this is the last part إن شاء الله وسلم تسليما مزيدا and the translation is and may ever increasing peace be upon him his family and companions for when you say وسلم وسلم this essentially is السلام يعني it is the تحية of Islam it is the تحية the greeting of Islam and يعني it translates to peace Peace be upon you, as they say in the translations. But essentially, you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be freed from any deficiencies and from the lowly things and from the despised things, and that you are free from all mathal and sicknesses and illnesses and harm. This is what a salama is. For when he says, وَسَلَّمَ تَسْلِيمًا مَزِيدًا Mazida, yani in the translation, they said abundant or ever increasing, but yani it actually carries the meaning of extra or additional. Yani essentially, after the dua for salah upon the Prophet وسلم, and upon his al and upon his sahaba, عنهم, also make an extra, also make an additional dua that there is salam for them as well, that they are free from all deficiencies and they are from, uh, free from all lowliness. You're also making this extra and additional dua on top of the salah that you made for them. Or asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make salah upon them. For mazidiyah means extra and additional. Wasallama tasliman mazida. And this yani, combination of salat and salam is in compliance to the Quran. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says in Surah Al-Ahzab, Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-nabi. Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu, sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Mentioned the salah, and then he also mentioned the taslim in the same context, for they are two different things. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, ashadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiru wa tuhu, laiku jazakumullah khair.